You're listening to the House Hustle Podcast, a weekly show where I create short, informative episodes aimed at helping you reach not only your real estate goals, but also achieve better outcomes in both your professional and personal life. I'm your host, Hassan Juma. You can find me selling houses on the streets of Vancouver and sharing my journey and insights on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of the House Hustle Podcast. Thanks for joining again this week. Big news in the BC housing supply world. We have a new premier, David Eby, and he has put forth uh, the beginning of his housing plan essentially just this week. And recently he just announced uh, two proposed changes, the introduction of a housing supply act and a change to strata bylaws and how buildings are allowed to treat rental restrictions and in fact eliminating rental restrictions in many cases. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about these two initial changes that are being put forth, what the intended benefit is to these changes, but also what the unintended consequence might be as well. So the first thing that the Premier has put forth essentially uh, is what's called a Housing Supply Act. And David Eby has inferred that if he were to become Premier, he was going to take a more hands-on approach to the housing supply issue within municipalities. And in fact, he went as far as to infer that they were going to take away control, take away powers from the municipal governments who right now control the housing supply in their own cities. The provincial government was going to take this power away. And this is something that uh, I've been a proponent of. I feel like municipalities have been given a, a great opportunity. They've given all the rope necessary to be able to address and tackle this supply issue. Yet we have development proposals being placed on the table, taking years to get passed, constant revisions that developers have to go through, jumping through hoops and just really slowing down that housing supply process. So personally, I think that the premier identified a a true issue here and is starting to tackle it. So what he announced is the BC Housing Supply Act. And it's a little bit different in the sense that the provincial government is not necessarily taking all the power away from municipalities. But what they're going to do is they're going to pick eight to 10 communities to start, regions to start, and they're going to place housing targets on the municipalities for these areas. So, and they're going to identify them based on projected growth, how they expect those areas to grow from a population perspective. And they're going to place targets on municipal governments to create a certain amount of housing, or I should say, approve a certain amount of housing for those areas. The interesting thing about this plan is it obviously does not come without consequence. So the provincial government has said that they will obviously monitor compliance and whether the municipalities are meeting these targets. And there will be repercussions for municipalities that don't don't meet those targets. And I think in those scenarios, the provincial government will take on more power to get the housing supply under control and actually increase housing supply by approving projects at a quicker pace. 
So that's the Housing Supply Act is essentially what they're calling it. Again, they're going to choose about eight to 10 regions to start, as I understand it. And I expect that that list will probably grow. It's almost like this is a bit of a pilot program. You know, if you look at it in one sense, you may you may think, okay, it's risky giving one government body or one entity too much power. I would feel that way if what we were doing right now was working. But what we're doing right now is obviously not working. And, you know, the taxes that get proposed and all of these other proposals, they seem to to try and overlook the true issue, which is the housing supply issue and the amount of time it takes for developers to get housing approved in this province. It's been an issue and it's being addressed. So, you know, I I would commend David Eby and his team for coming forth with this, because obviously this is not something that the municipalities are going to be extremely happy with. But again, they've been given their opportunity haven't been able to take the ball and run with it. So once passed, if passed, then this should be implemented by middle of next year, middle of 2023. We should see the provincial government now taking on a little bit more control over the housing supply issue. I believe this is going to be a positive thing. Now, the second change, and this is the much larger change, I think this is going to have a bit more of a significant impact on the real estate market. Uh, not just the rental market, but also on the the purchase market, on the resale market. And basically what happened just this week is David Eby has amended, they're in the process of amending the Strata Property Act to remove buildings that have rental restrictions, to remove those rental restrictions, unless the restriction is for 55 and over. So In an effort to preserve senior communities, they're going to continue to allow for 55 and older buildings, but other rental restrictions uh, are going to be removed. And there's going to be a couple consequences of this change. Initially, uh, what this is going to do is it's going to, quote unquote, release about 3,000 homes that are sitting vacant where the owners have basically cited that rental restrictions are the reason that they haven't rented these units. And the the way the government knows this is through the BC speculation and vacancy tax data. So they have found that there's 3,000 owners out there that have been citing rental restrictions as the reason they're not renting out their homes. So they expect, at least initially, 3,000 new units to hit the rental market. Now, this change kind of hits home for me a little bit. I My first purchase in real estate back when I was 23, 24, I always say that I made two mistakes with that purchase. Uh, number one is I purchased in a B location, but a move-in ready, recently renovated product. So I walked in and I kind of fell in love with the, the new appliances and the fresh, at the time, fresh carpet nice designer paint, etc. So I, I I fell in love with the newness that I felt, but I picked a B location when I could have went with a better location and a property that needed a bit more work. So that was the first mistake. And the second oversight I would say is I purchased a property that had rental restrictions. So when it came time for me to sell, I sold the property just in 2020. And had I had the opportunity to actually hold on to this property and not have to sell it, hold it and rent it, I would have done that. But I wasn't able to do so. I had bought a pre-sale unit that was completing soon. And in fact, as as timing would have it, 
when I was going to sell this property, my first ever property, the building was undergoing several different, it wasn't quite undergoing the process of fixing the building, but there were several votes on major renovation projects for the building, including balcony work, building envelope, high-priced, high-ticket strato levies were being proposed, placed on the table. So I wasn't a, I was able to sell the property, of course, but I wasn't able to sell it at a at a great price, in my opinion. And and again, if it were my choice at the time, I would have rented that one out and then moved into my pre-sale and and continued forward. But I wasn't able to do it. I had to sell for a lower price just to move on from it so I could make sure that I uh that I could move into my to my new property. So What's happening now is rental restrictions, they're going to be removed. Again, 55 plus will be preserved and rental restrictions will be removed. So now everyone's going to have the opportunity to rent out their unit. So the intended benefit, as I mentioned, is to add rental units to the market. Now, anything that's built after 2010, for the most part, uh, typically does not have in its in its initial set of bylaws, typically does not have rental restrictions unless they are short-term restrictions. So this change generally affects older buildings. And the rental restricted condo has been the epitome of the entry-level condo. It's It's designed, it has been designed for the first-time buyer. And oftentimes when I'm working with my clients, my first-time buyers that that are very budget conscious or we need to stick within a very tight budget, the properties that we tend to look at are ones that hold rental restrictions. And the reason for that is when you're going after properties that have rental restrictions on them, you are basically going after properties that investors don't even look at. So you're removing half of the prospective buyers off the table immediately. So competition is less for these properties and their values are less as well. Depending on the, the property, you know, anywhere from 5 to 15% less just for them having the rental restriction. Because again, once you remove a pool of prospective buyers, you are shifting demand away from that product. So it's always been a good product I found for first-time buyers. As long as I've educated them to say, look, if you're going to move on from this property, you're not going to have the opportunity to rent it. Now, a lot of these rental restrictions, what they would do is they'll say, okay, a certain percentage of units in the building can be rented. So for example, a hundred unit strata, they may say that you know 10% at any one time can be rented, meaning that only 10 units could have been rented. So typically, if you're going to buy one of these properties prior to this change, you would have to know that if you're going to move on to your next property, you're going to sell this one. But again, you're purchasing at a lower rate. It has been a good first-time buyer type of condo for someone that just needs to get into the market. So the intended benefit is to increase the supply. But what this is actually doing by removing rental restrictions on the resale front, in my opinion, is it has increased the value of these properties. Again, anywhere from 5, 10, 15% overnight. I say that because now the investor, specifically the rental investor, can target and look at these properties as an option. So when they come on the market now, the pool of buyers has increased. That first time buyer is now competing with the investor for these properties. 
The reason I think that investors are going to look very hard at this product is, again, they are in older buildings, and provided it's a building that has been maintained pretty well, they sell at greater value because they are an older building. They make for good rental investments. They're they're perfect to place tenants into and and buy them at good value. So I expect now that you know the floor of Vancouver real estate has just been increased. It's just been lifted, and you know that's the thing about the housing crisis in BC is it's really tough to to help one party and and help another at the same time. There's always unintended consequences. So again. From from in my opinion, real estate that bottom has increased, and in fact, I've been having my own clients look at these rental restricted properties for the last couple months in anticipation of this change occurring, and the prospect of these properties increasing value seemingly overnight. The other aspect of these properties for investment now is. Over the years, obviously, there has been a lot of upzoning in areas. A lot of these rental restricted buildings are in areas that are now zoned or will be zoned for greater density. A lot of them are low rise, for example, three, four stories, five stories, essentially low rise type of buildings that have been upzoned or are going to be upzoned for either high rise potential or perhaps they're on a large site that can build several townhomes. So. These properties now and and have held a lot of value in terms of the land that they sit on, but again, the investor has had to shy away from the properties because they couldn't place a tenant in there and achieve any sort of cash flow. Although these properties are great to look at for long term hold and waiting for an up zone possibility, they they weren't they weren't attractive to an investor because they couldn't sit on it in the meantime. So now when we remove these rental restrictions, I personally see an opportunity here for investors to jump into this type of product and accumulate units in certain buildings that are, again, maybe older buildings. They will sell at better value. They have opportunity for upzone sooner. They have opportunity for what's called a strata windup. I could definitely see investors coming together and accumulating units in these types of buildings. And in doing so, they carry a greater vote. When it comes to strata laws, they would have increased votes as well. They'd be able to make changes uh, with the building and also move things forward towards a strata windup. So again, this opens up a whole new can of worms, if you will. It's another product set that, that investors can look at that are not extremely high priced. So I think a lot of different types of investors can look at these type of entry level properties. And ultimately, this again puts the strain on the first time buyer that's just trying to get into the market. They're now competing with all these investors as well. So those are the two major announcements of this week by the BC provincial government. One of the things that David Eby had mentioned was an anti-flipping tax. This was when he was campaigning. Nothing was mentioned of the anti-flipping tax. And he did say prior that if he were to bring this, if he would to place this forward, it would be a longer run-up period so people could prepare for that. So we didn't hear anything about that, but whether or not that comes in the future, we will obviously see. But I'm going to commend David Eby here for taking some steps, taking steps towards the housing issue, and especially with the Housing Supply Act 
uh, really addressing what I believe is the big issue here in BC. What we need to get a handle on is the delays in development times and actually getting product to market, allowing these developers to build and build quickly, but build well and put product into the market that people can either purchase or they can rent. So that's it for this week's episode of The House Hustle. If you gained any value or you learned anything in this podcast episode, if you could take 30 seconds and give me a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, that would be so amazing. I appreciate you coming back again this week, and I hope you learned something, and I hope to see you again next week as well. Take care and chat soon.